0: Hey, history enthusiasts, you get not one, but two events in history today. Heads up that you also might hear two different hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. With that said, on with the show.
1: Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy B. Wilson, and it's September 11th. On this day in 1893, Swami Vivekananda gave a groundbreaking speech on Hinduism at the World's Parliament of Religions in Chicago. This parliament was part of the Columbian Exposition in Chicago, also known as the Chicago World's Fair. It was sponsored by the Unitarians and Universalists of the Free Religious Association. This was an international Interfaith Dialogue Representing Ten World Religions. Vivekananda's speech is known as the Brothers and Sisters of America speech, although it's not totally clear whether he used those exact words in it. It began, quote, "'It fills my heart with joy unspeakable to rise in response to the warm and cordial welcome which you have given us. I thank you in the name of the most ancient order of monks in the world.' I thank you in the name of the mother of religions, and I thank you in the name of millions and millions of Hindu people of all classes and sects. Later on, he said, quote, I am proud to belong to a religion which has taught the world both tolerance and universal acceptance. We believe not only in universal toleration, but we accept all religions as true. I am proud to belong to a nation which has sheltered the persecuted and the refugees of all religions and all nations on the earth. This was really a message of peace and tolerance. On the day, he received a standing ovation, and he became the first Hindu monk from India to visit and teach in the United States. He came to the United States, though, not with the hope of proselytizing, but with the hope of getting financial help to assist the people of India. He also wanted to introduce the Western world to his sect of Hinduism. He really spoke for a Hinduism that was monotheistic and scientifically minded, as well as one that was socially progressive. So this particular strain of Hinduism was largely acceptable and comprehensible to Western audiences. His appearance in Chicago also made Hinduism a lot more visible as a world religion. But again, for the particular vision of Hinduism that he was teaching... During the World's Parliament of Religions, he gave six different addresses, and they also did things like criticizing British colonial rule of India. He pointed out that the Christian nations of the world had become wealthy through exploiting the non-Christian nations of the world. He also criticized the practice of sending Christian missionaries to India to try to convert its population when food and education and medicine were a lot more needed than religious conversions were. He spent about three years traveling around the United States teaching about yoga and the Vedanta philosophy, which is the philosophy that underpins the Hindu religion. This included teaching the first yoga class in the United States. His intent wasn't to convert people, but to use these efforts to try to raise funds back in India. But those efforts weren't really successful. He went back to India in 1896 and established a monastic order. He did return to the United States for a time in 1899. Swami Vivekananda died in India on July 4th of 1902. Thanks so much to Christopher Hasiotis for his research work on today's episode, and thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio work on the show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts, and you can tune in tomorrow for a love story, which played out at least at first through letters.
0: Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was September 11th, 1792. The Hope Diamond, along with other crown jewels, was stolen when six men broke into the house where the jewels were stored. The history of the blue diamond dates back to the mid-17th century when Jean-Baptiste Tavernier was in possession of a diamond that was about 115 metric carats. The diamond most likely came from a mine in India, and Tavernier described its color as violet. The diamond was one of the many stones he sold to King Louis XIV of France in 1668. It was recut several years later and became known as the French blue. The diamond is blue because of the small amounts of boron present in it. In 1749, King Louis XV had the court jeweler reset the diamond in a piece of ceremonial jewelry. Decades later, during the French Revolution, King Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette attempted to flee France, and the crown jewels were given to the government. In September of 1792, while the King and Marie Antoinette were imprisoned, thieves broke into the royal storehouse and stole the French blue diamond during a nearly week-long looting of the crown jewels. According to some historians, one of the thieves took the diamond to Lahore, then to London, where he tried to sell it. The diamond's whereabouts for the next couple of decades are unclear. But in 1812, a large diamond was recorded as being in the possession of a London diamond merchant named Daniel Eliason. That diamond was likely the modern Hope Diamond, cut from the French blue. King George IV of the United Kingdom later acquired the stone, and it was probably sold upon his death to pay off debts. Once the diamond came into possession of the Hopes, a banking family, it became known as the Hope Diamond. Since then, the stone has been sold several times, reset, and recut. The diamond made it to the U.S. in 1911 when Pierre Cartier sold it to American heiress Evelyn Walsh McLean. In 1958, Harry Winston, Inc. donated the diamond to the Smithsonian Institution. It weighs 45.52 carats, and the Smithsonian Institution describes its color as fancy dark grayish blue. The pendant surrounding the diamond is made of 16 white diamonds and its necklace chain contains 45 white diamonds. The Hope Diamond is now housed at the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. It has a reputation for being cursed since it's associated with a bunch of unfortunate events. There's a good chance these rumors were a marketing ploy to bring attention to the Hope Diamond. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully, you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at T D I H C Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Come back tomorrow for another tidbit from history.